happy 2021. Did you make resolutions for the new year? Also, did you manage to hold your resolutions over from last year? I did. Then again, I only had the one resolution and it's the same one I'm having again this year. My only New Year's resolution for 2020 was to share one song with my girlfriend every day. Which turned out to be a very interesting experiment, both as a day-to-day habit, but also as a sort of sociological analysis almost, because there were some stuff I thought were interesting to look up about my own music consumption. So I thought I'd tell you a bit about it. Maybe a shorter episode than usual, though. I hope that's all right. Okay, let's dive in. Welcome to Genre Bender, a podcast usually exploring genre and cultural objects. Today, though, I'm doing it a bit different by talking about my personal relation to genre, in music specifically, but also other elements of music as an industry that I could observe through my own consumption, mainly on Spotify, and I thought were maybe relevant to mention. Let's start by the most shockingly obvious. There's a disturbing lack of parity in music, even today. Out of the 365 songs, 200s were by artists 100% male. That's more than half. And on the other side, only 46 songs were by sole female artists, including one who was played twice. And for most of them, it's more than likely that there were men in production roles, while the reverse is pretty unlikely. There is a huge disparity there, and that's despite me trying to even things out once I realized how unbalanced the whole thing was starting to be. But it's hard, first of all, because it's hard to find bands without a single guy in them, and second of all, because Most female solo artists I was aware of were playing a kind of pop I don't really like. There are a few exceptions to that, of course, and I put them on a playlist most of the time. But for instance, I tried looking for all-female post-rock bands, which is a mostly instrumental style. As a matter of fact, I came across a Reddit post asking that very same question And one of the replies on the thread was, Why does it matter if it's a guy or a gal playing, since you don't hear them sing anyway? That's actually a good point. Why does it matter? Well, for one thing, because when girls are in post-rock bands like Red Sparrow's new lineup around Emma Ruth Rundle, Mono's bass player Tamaki Kunishi, or the members of Amina or Audrey, they bring out unexpected aspects and sounds which tend to sound fresh and original and, well, if you ask me, really cool. And why wouldn't they? I don't think the benefits of diversity in music need proving at this point. And beyond that, the lack of women can have a discouraging effect on other women appreciative of the genre to go into it. 
Genres like rock and metal are so male-dominated, traditionally. Things are starting to change in that respect, though it's still slow to take effect. But it takes a lot of confidence to decide to join a rock band if you're a girl. Because the genres aren't gendered. You're not more likely to like rock if you're a boy and pop if you're a girl. Environmental factors are much more influential in musical tastes. I talk a lot about gender in rock because I grew up in an environment which made me appreciate that style of music particularly. And so that's what I'm more familiar with. But from what I can tell, the same thing can be said about rap. Both the thing about the genre being traditionally male-dominated and the one about things starting to change. So there's this positive thing happening, but it's slow and it's still not entirely visible as of yet in today's um, musical cultural background, let's say. Of course, when talking about diversity, gender, gender isn't the only point to be made, although other forms are perhaps too complex to be mentioned in a meaningful and nuanced way especially when it comes to the politics of ethnic origins in relation to their geographic location. For instance, what distinguishes Mirath, a Tunisian band whose albums are produced in France, but who identify as Tunisian and live in Tunisia, from, say, System of a Down, a band from Armenian descent but identifying as US citizens living in California? Or in what way do Sushila Raman, a UK-born singer of Indian origin, MIA, a UK-based singer born in Sri Lanka, Sky Harbour, a band with members from both the UK and India, and Advaita, an Indian band living and producing music in India, how do they all express representation differently? How is it different to be a rock band in India and to be a rock band with Indian and English members? Or to be a jazz singer from Indian origins in the UK and identifying as a UK citizen? Those are legitimate questions to which I don't have any answer, I'll be honest. What I can say is, to my own surprised delight, I found our playlist had songs from 35 different countries, from all continents, except Antarctica. Seems I was wrong about where Gogo Penguin actually came from. They're from the US. However, there was still an unsurprisingly an overwhelming majority from North America. More than half the songs are from the US of A alone. And if you add Canada and the British Isles, it goes up almost to three quarters. The next highest is France for the obvious reason of greater personal exposure. But despite that, there was still three times fewer than from the US and twice fewer than from the UK and Ireland. Songs from any other country never exceeded 10 occurrences out of 365. So what does this mean? Well, my take is that it's hard to escape the dominance of the US musical culture and of the British one to a lesser extent, regardless of how curious I tried being. This extends to the language spoken most of the songs, even when not from English-speaking countries, were written in English. And the titles were in English for most instrumental bands. Although half the songs from French artists on my playlist were in English, and despite how I made it look, 
France isn't known for its fluency in foreign languages. But language is a different thing, as it makes sense for international access, obviously. That's why Shakira or Tokyo Hotel translated whole albums from Spanish and German, respectively. Because most people like to understand what's being sung, and English makes for a great middle language. But even that is mostly due to the fact most music on radios across the world is in English, to begin with, because of the cultural dominance of both Britain and the US for most of the 20th century. Thanks, in part, to technological advances and, in no lesser part, to political circumstances. And let me ask you this. Why are all the quote-unquote best musicians in the world either British or American, anyway? From the pioneers to the pop stars, all the musicians in the top tier are from Anglophonia, just as all the most revered classical musicians in the broader misconceived sense are all more or less German. I mean, seriously. The Beatles, UK. Elvis, US. The Rolling Stones, UK. Bob Dylan, US. The Who, UK. Jimi Hendrix, US. David Bowie, UK. Prince, US. Led Zeppelin, UK. The Pixies, US. Pink Floyd, UK. Nirvana, US. Radiohead, UK. Smashing Pumpkins, U US. I could go on pretty much indefinitely, as those are but a few of the most influential artists just off the top of my head. And I'm sure of two things. One, you're probably pissed because I didn't mention your favorite classic influential artist. And two, unless it's ABBA or ACDC, it almost certainly also comes from the UK or the US. And it's the same for the pop stars, but worse. So clearly, despite the rise of K-pop and the efforts of French electronica, you know who you are, pop music is still predominantly North American with a side of Brit, as are all the most popular genres, rap, rock, electro, folk, reggae, indie, metal, and so on and so forth. So why is it that the best are always from the same place? Honestly, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I'm guessing their near monopoly on cultural exportation definitely had something to do with it. That turns out to be a lot of things I didn't know I was going to be saying about all this, and it only leaves me just a little bit of time for genre, which is kind of ironic in a show actually called Genre Bender. And to be honest, I don't have as much to say about genre for a very specific reason. Despite the fact that there is a lot of genre div diversity in my list, I don't... There's either too much or not enough to say about it. Like, take Archive, the band that I have most songs from in the playlist, with three instances. They are such an eclectic band, an interesting band, and complex band, that I couldn't just summarize or tell you just a little bit about, hey, I need to tell you about Archive real quick. Because they're too awesome, so I want to talk about them more. And I want to tell you a lot about them and to develop the whole genre thing with them and trip-hop and their relationship to trip-hop and to the other genres that they explore and insert into their music and how it fits in with their original trip-hop um, label, 
let's say. The same thing for like music from different countries that I realized were interesting in different ways and that I'd like to tell you about. And so I guess what I'm saying is I'm probably going to... This is sort of like a teaser of what this year may bring. I'm definitely going to talk about archive and trip-hop. I'm definitely going to talk about post-rock, which I mentioned earlier. And and same thing for different interesting countries. I don't want to reveal them just yet. And maybe I'm also just plugging my playlist, A Year of Music, which you can check out if you want on Spotify, if you do have Spotify. This is not sponsored in any way, shape or form. It's just that it's the one I'm using right now. I'm also actually considering changing it because they're not the most lucrative for the artist, but that's a whole other question. Anyway, A Year of Music 2020 and 2021 are already on it if you're curious to know more about what I'm listening to, about the artists I mentioned in this piece, some artists that I didn't, if you're curious in any way. There's only a couple of songs for 2021 as of yet for obvious reasons, but I think there are already a few interesting ones, let's say, and some that I'm definitely going to talk about further in this play, um, in this podcast as well, like Haven, which I discovered recently, or rediscovered recently, I think, and I want to, to talk about them because I think they're really interesting. Same thing for other artists, which I found sound a bit the same who are in the playlist for 2020 so go check it out if you're curious don't if you can't be bothered or don't have spotify sorry about that and expect more from me in the coming weeks months less than months but maybe more than weeks anyway I'll do my best to, to produce them more regularly from here on now. That's why I'm taking a little bit of a time off before posting again. And so that's it for me. See you in the next one. <laughs>